Welcome to the GeoMob podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, be it for fun or profit. Welcome back to another GeoMob podcast. This morning, it's my pleasure to be talking to Nan Deardorff McLean from Smashing Tiles, who's been beautifying the walls of Delft, which were littered with graffiti through her colorful mosaic since 2008 when she arrived there. Nan, welcome to the GeoMob podcast. Thanks so much, Stephen. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself, because we don't know you. Yeah, so I'm an American woman living in the Netherlands, moved to Delft about 12 years ago. And uh, just actually, my, my background is in natural medicine. I studied to become a naturopath, and I was actually hired to teach for an online university based in Florida, where we were living. And I was able to teach online and that, that brought me, well, that made it very flexible for me to live anywhere, actually. So moving to Delft for my husband's work, he's, he's in the world of water management and they have a institute here in Delft, which brought us, that's the reason that we came to Delft. I was very flexible with my work and I basically had been doing mosaic artwork just for myself, mostly in, inside my house, like installations in my kitchen and on floors in my own home. And I was living here in Delft on a street with really ugly wall that, that I just couldn't walk by without envisioning a mosaic on it and mentioned this to a neighbor. And she loved the idea so much that she ran out and got a few sponsors, a, a film house that is right across the street from us, and a hotel and a Greek restaurant pitched in, and we had a budget to make this first mosaic on my own street. And I, it was a big, maybe eight square meters, eight to 12 square meters, and I, I knew that I would need help because to make a mosaic that large would take me a long time. And so right away, I thought of enlisting the help of participants and it was, it went really well. It was amazing how many people were willing to just, you know, give a half hour of their time to create a small mosaic that would then be arranged on the wall to make a really nice coherent uh, art piece uh, at the end of the, of the project. So within two workshops, we had enough material to cover this wall and then there was some filling in to do in the background. And that was also a lot of fun to do with my neighbors and anyone who wanted to, to participate was welcome, actually. So that was your first communal mosaic. That was the first um, one. I was on cloud nine after that. I was just like, wow, that, that was so much fun. People were invested in it. So I felt like the, the final art piece, the final mural was was also it people had ownership of it and so it it had a sort of air of protection around it <laughs> from any future vandalism and work that i made with the community that first one it was it was done in delft blue colors and featured right. a bicycle because i'm also a cyclist and uh i just was completely blown away by the, the the cycling culture here and just how bikes rule the streets. It, it's just coming from Miami was was just like another world. So before all of our, our listeners think Stephen's gone crazy, why is he 
going on talking to this lady about <laughs> ceramic wall art. We yeah. better get to the, to the meat of this now yes. because, listeners, Nan is a very special map maker. She's created a ceramic map of Delft, and that's what we're really here to talk about. So, right. Nan, tell us a bit. Start with what the map of the ceramic map of Delft is, and yeah. then we'll get into why you made it and all of those sorts of things. But just describe it for everyone. Yes. So this map is eighteen square meters. It is in the center of Delft on a wall that was was formerly tagged and and hideous looking. And just it was kind of a, a back street and a bit a bit of slightly boring street, but but still kind of a main thoroughfare between two busy city streets here in Delft. And so I knew it would get a lot of traffic. A lot of people would see it because it's a busy little back street. The the map is we call it the ceramic map of Delft, the Keramiken Kart von Delft. And it, it it was given that name because we we, we basically took a figurative map from Frederick de Witt. The map's date is 1698. And this, this map shows all the little houses and the, the bridges and, and features, even some of the you know, monument buildings like the, the Fleece Hall, the, the meat market and the fish market and the city hall, all these interesting bits that are still here today. And I was thinking, how could we involve a lot of people to make this map? Because yeah, the people that live in Delft mostly love it. And I thought they would be enthusiastic to participate by perhaps making their own house in clay and then, you know, having being able to see it then on the map when it's when it's uh, put up. And so, so we people made their own individual houses. Yes, people made their own individual houses or maybe yeah, we had animals and boats, uh ships, the bridges, the the watchtowers. Everything was made in ceramic. And then so and we did these pop-up workshops all over the city. We did them in museums in monument buildings, in hotel uh, meeting rooms, in restaurants and schools, yeah, theaters. We did, we just, wherever we could get permission, we would have a pop-up workshop to make all the ceramics. And we did in about 20 ceramic workshops, we produced the ceramics uh, and all the, the elements for the map. And then the map, we, we basically took the map and blew it up to scale and then cut it into 45 pieces that were 60 by 70 centimeters. So these pieces were, these panels were big enough to cover some area, but not too, too hard to lift when, when we had to install it. Right. And uh, that also we, meant when you were doing a workshop that you could work on a panel, presumably. Yes, exactly. And we we then, after we had all the clay elements, all the ceramic pieces uh, made, which took quite a bit of work because they have to be fired twice and glazed. And then also the houses, we were we put little mirrors behind the windows so that there's a whole reflective element to the map which I think is important because I like people to be able to see themselves too when they look at the, the final map because they help make it. Wow. So how many people were involved in this? 
Well, I, I kind of lost count, but it was, it was roughly 500 people that, that have their work in this map, whether it was participating in making the clay uh, pieces or whether they helped with glazing them or making the actual mosaic or installing. So there were, there was a, a great number of very diverse people from, I mean, even like a two-year-old could help us make a clay tree, for instance with a cookie cutter. And, right. uh, and we had people that were just learning Dutch who had just moved here. Lots of students, expats, locals. Yeah, it was, it was a diverse group and people really love it. They're, the, the, final, the final map, people seem to be quite interested. Mm -hmm. There's something that, that making this map as a community allowing them to have some creative expression in, in this final map. And then also maps, just when you look at maps, you just feel more connected to the place where you are. That Absolutely. It's, it's just Absolutely. an inevitable you know, effect. Uh, of This is a massive map. And when you look at it, you're going to be going, oh, I know where that is. Right. And I know where that is. And, and you don't get that with any other sort of graphic format. You know, I mean, it connects you to the place. Yeah, right. And what I realized as I was talking to you, Nan, was that um, Delft has got this whole history of ceramic and of yes, making tiles. Yes, exactly. Things, you know, I mean, it's not like um, this is just, excuse me, wacky ceramic artist turns up in Delft and starts making <laughs> ceramic murals. I mean, there's hundreds of years of history of this stuff in the, in the town, isn't there? That's exactly right. The, the Delft Blue Porcelain is, is world-renowned and uh, I guess brought to us from China. But yes, if you go out in fields, you can find shards. I've found shards of Delft Blue pottery just in my, in my back garden. You know, I've got a postage stamp of a garden, yet I dug up a few tiles and uh, yeah, they've they've been put in mosaics, <laughs> of course. But um, yeah, it, it's the ceramic it's the ceramic city, so yeah. it, it it really so this works. Is just perfect, exactly. And who support? Did you need? I mean, you must have needed funding and support yes. or sponsorship of some sort. Very so. good question, Stephen. We we utilized basically applied for funding through the uh, municipality. We got a nice response from them. They, it just so happened that this 2019 was the step into the golden age theme. There was a, a citywide theme. Uh, every year, Delft has some kind of a theme, whether it's Vermeer or Peter de Hoog or step in the golden age. There's, there's always something being celebrated from our history. And so just Coincidentally, it was the golden year. Let's celebrate that. And we were able to get some funding from the, the Gemeente Delft, but also uh, local businesses uh, were very excited about the idea of having their name in the legend of the map. So on our map, we have a legend with what we call golden sponsors and silver sponsors. So there were two levels on which people or uh, businesses could donate. And they get their name in the corner of yeah, the map on the left. On a on a piece of art that will stay forever. So that that most uh, there were a, there was a lot of interest in supporting the the project that way. That's fantastic. And if I remember correctly, it was the mayor of Delft who 
put the last piece in. Indeed, Isn't that right? Yes, we have a fantastic, charismatic mayor here, and uh, we thought it would be really special for her to be the the one who put the final piece in the puzzle, and she did that with the uh, city hall. Oh, perfect! Yeah, even better. It was and great. when did that happen? How, well, that, that happened just recently. We had to do the uh, opening in a COVID-friendly way. Yeah, so we were one week away from completing this installation. We had been working for a good two weeks putting up these panels, and then we had to fill in the mosaic in between each panel so that we didn't have these, you know, like rectangular lines throughout the map. So the whole thing looks like one piece in the end. But we were a week away from the the opening festival that we had planned and then everything was shut down. And that was that was so the the, the brakes were put on everything and we we ended up finishing the project in a very low key way because when we were working on the wall, people were just being invited to come and help and participate and feel also a part of the, the the whole process. We we ended up having to just do very well an online opening, which is on my YouTube channel. If you want to watch it, it's uh, my, my YouTube channel is just my name. But anyway, that was officially opened on the 26th of June. Okay, so we're pretty fast out the blocks to get you on here for an interview. So I did a little bit of research on Frederick de Witt and couldn't find very much. Do you know much about him and this map? I mean, apart, I mean, why, why this map, not yeah. another map? You know, I'm not, I'm not a big historian or even really an, a map nerd. I love, I love this map I just fell in love with. I saw it in a, in an antique shop and, uh-huh. and yeah, you, you just can't help but, uh, wonder what life was like back then when you're when you're uh, looking at a figurative map like this i i don't know that much about frederick de witt but the reason we chose this map and i believe there were two maps that we could have chosen by frederick de witt but the we wanted to use the the later map because it showed the Pardenmarkt, which is the horse market delft had a huge explosion gosh i don't know the date I'm so bad with these things, but this map shows Delft after this big explosion and after it was rebuilt, of course, right. but there it, it looked a little different before and I wanted people to be able to connect to it as much as possible. So I thought the more modern it was, the better we could do that. Right. I've got you. I have to say for our listeners that if ever there was a time when I wished we were doing a, a video interview rather than a an audio interview so that you could see pictures of this map. This is the one. But in the show notes, you'll get a link to a video which shows you how the map was made and some pictures of the map. So you'll be able to see how stunning the map is, everybody. Just needed to say that now because I realized people who are listening won't appreciate how spectacular this map is. That's true. You do have to see it. Yeah. So are there any sort of spectacular numbers of how many tons of ceramic or oh, gosh. funny things that happened when you were making the map, something that went really wrong that you hadn't expected? Well, I, I would just like to say that whenever I make a mosaic, I like people to share their ideas. And the, the cool thing about allowing this, an artwork to sort of evolve, like not necessarily going in with a very 
super solid plan other than that we were going to make a map but just being open to for instance someone said oh let's uh let's make a little homage to Banksy let's let's put a little girl on one of the walls with the the balloon shaped like a heart and and uh so we we're like oh well that's a great idea but if it's in Delft we have this other art piece called the blue heart of Delft if we're going to do that Banksy girl it should be like a little Peter de Hoog girl, because he always had little girls in his paintings, little uh, sweet little Dutch girls. And we should make the balloon, instead of the red balloon that's shaped like a heart, we'll make it the Delft blue heart of Delft, which is very geometric in its shape. Anyway, that sort of thing would happen. And oh, if we're going to put uh, the VOC ships on this map, well, yeah, that's got kind of a negative connotation. You know, it, it, it's linked to right. slavery and expo exploitation. So we put a little message uh, going towards a, a fair trade future in the water underneath the, the ship. So these sorts of little things would pop up. And there are a, a, quite a number of them now. For instance, we have a solar car that the Technological University makes here in Delft, and you can find that that solar car zipping down a road on the map. We've got- so this is going to be a, be a real snapshot in time when people look at this in a hundred or hundred years or so's time, because it's going to have all these little social commentaries. Yeah, exactly. into it. Yeah. I can imagine a historian in a hundred years time writing a, a doctorate thesis on <laughs> what was going on in Delft in 2020. Based on the ceramic map of Delft. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We also uh, did a little homage to uh, the victims of, of COVID-19 by making blue ceramic hearts that are coming off the map and onto the, the wall sort of floating up. Yeah we, right, felt, we, that, yeah, we felt like we needed to do a little something because of what was going on at the time when this was was uh, being installed. Man, it's a fantastic project. And I can't wait until... We're all able to travel and loads of us will descend on Delft to yes. celebrate the map. Thank you. Well, we right. want to make an audio tape, uh, an audio tour, so to speak. To-do list is to make an audio tour in multiple languages so that people can can do a little uh, what scavenger hunt on the map and find yep. all these little treasures. Oh, wonderful. So what's your next project? Yeah, that is what, I, what I'm what uh, i focused on right now is the idea to make more of these maps. I, I absolutely adore this project, the way, the way it created cohesiveness with the community. And, and I, I also think it's a wonderful thing to do with kids. We have a lot of kids in Delft that, that suffered from this, this pandemic, having to, you know, miss school. And we're planning the next project to go into several schools. I think we've got five chosen and, and have kids make their own version of their own neighborhood in a similar way with ceramic and mosaic and, and really help them to see all the ups and downs of making a project like this, that it's a, it's a lot of fun to make art, but it's also problem solving session and giving them the experience of what goes great and what doesn't go great in an art project. But in the end, you have this, this thing that you can see and be proud of in your neighborhood. We would like to put this map that we make with kids in their neighborhood. And so they can be, see what, what is it like to be an artist? What is it like to make something 
and be involved in every step of the way. So that's... And it's also an opportunity for them to describe their neighborhood yes. in their own way. Perfectly. Does, I mean, yes, it will be graphical and it will be sort of roughly representative of the streets and the neighborhood, but it can also describe the places they go where yep. they focus on the things that matter to the children exactly. rather than to the adults. You, you so said like it perfectly. Park or whatever. You said it perfectly, um, yes. That's that's exactly what I was thinking. And as, as you build these, the whole of Delft is going to become covered in ceramic maps. It's just, just the most <laughs> wonderful prospect. I can't wait to be able to come meet you in person and see the maps. And I have to say a quick shout out here to Eric Neerberg, who um, who was the person who put me in touch with you and said, you've got to have a look at this map, Stephen. It's incredible. And then you should speak to Nan. And so I'm very grateful to Eric for introducing us. Nan, at some stage, when everybody can travel, we want to get you to a Geomob event so that you can show us the pictures because by then you'll have loads more ceramic maps and you can show us the pictures of your maps and tell people more about what you're doing. Could we get you along to one of our events, do you think? Oh, absolutely. That sounds like a, like a real uh, exciting thing to do. Thanks. Okay, great. So just as we finish, Nan, first of all, thank you so much for giving us your time and telling us about the ceramic map. How can people get in touch with you if they want to get in touch with you? Yeah, probably the best way is through my website. And if you just uh, Google smashing tiles. With a in between smashing and tiles. Yes, smashingtiles.com. That's right. The hyphen in between the two words that that'll and then you've got links to uh, on this podcast. I've got the links in the show notes and they'll all be up on the website in a couple of weeks. Great. Dan, thank you so, so much. It's thank you, Stephen. You. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today and listening to the GMO podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed the discussion. Please don't hesitate if you have any feedback for us or any suggestions for topics that we should cover in the future. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, if you're not yet on the mailing list, please do get on the mailing list where we once a month send out an email announcing future events, summarizing past events, and just generally sharing uh, events that you may find of interest. You can also, of course, follow us on Twitter, where our handle is geomob. You can follow Stephen at Stephen Feldman. You can follow me at Fryfogel. You can check out Mappery at mappery.org. And of course, if you need any geocoding, please check out my service, which is opencagedata.com. We look forward to you joining us again at a future episode and of course, seeing you at a future GeoMop event. Hope to see you there soon. Bye.